Well, uh, as the school year is getting back into rhythm, Springhouse is going to get back into rhythm. And so we've got several things happening. Uh, Pastor Sherry, would you come and just share with us about the kids and what's going on uh, coming up this week? Hello. Good morning. I am very excited uh, because, you know, I, I wait all summer <laughs> to move my kids up to the next grade. Like, I'm like, yes, wait, not yet, not yet. Just one more week, one more week. And today is that week, this week, they are, this is their last Sunday in the grades that they're in. So next week is move up Sunday. Woo! I'm super excited. August is, now Thursday comes first, but hey, if you are a parent and you are checking in your child, you will want to make sure that you check their tags to make sure I put them in the right grade. <laughs> <laughs> if not, come find me and I'll try to fix it. <laughs> but that's something that you wanted to make sure that they're, they're just assigned to the right spot. And then uh, this Sunday, what happens before Sunday in August is... This Thursday, we are starting our midweek services again, and that means that for the kids, Junior Bible Quiz will be starting this Thursday, and I am so excited. If you have not heard me talk about it a million times, I'll talk about it again. Um, I love Junior Bible Quiz because it teaches kids about the Bible. It teaches them things in the Bible that they don't learn in Sunday school. They don't necessarily learn about Melchizedek in Sunday school. They don't learn about... Um, uh, was it how God moved the sun backwards? Like these are, these are stories that are in the Bible that kids need to learn, that people need to know. Uh, and they get to learn that, that we don't necessarily get to cover everything in children's ministry. We cover a lot, but there are certain things that we don't. And on Thursdays, the kids are getting into the word. They're learning so much about the Bible. I have seen so much growth in the kids. And we have put together a super stellar program for JBQ, where even if your kids have never been to JBQ, they can show up on Thursday and they will have so much fun. I promise you that they will want to come back. It is, we, we've, we took a whole year last year trying to make it into something awesome and it is that right now. So if you haven't tried it, try it out because midweek services are also starting for the adults too. And there's a really awesome class that's starting. It's, so you want to know, so you want to know what's in the Bible, right? So you want to understand the Bible. So in JBQ, we're going to help kids understand the Bible. And on Thursday nights, so you want to understand the Bible, come in and see a service in here. And you guys can both enjoy midweek community and having fun with that. So that's about it. Thanks. All right. So let me walk through the week coming up here. Uh, first of all, tomorrow night, the men's ministry meeting. Is that right, Pastor Justin? Men's ministry uh, meeting tomorrow night, and then Thursday night, we're back into uh, regular uh, midweek gathering, six to seven. If you have the capacity to be here, Pastor Ronnie's going to start that series in here, Junior Bible Quiz. The youth will uh, also uh, be meeting, and Pastor James, you didn't, I didn't think first service, you gave the times. I want to make sure we get the times to them about youth this week. Uh, and then uh, on Sunday next week, Sunday next week, following the gathering, the new young adult uh, gathering will will be meeting. Is that correct, Pastor Allen? It's not in here. Kurt's not in here, but I believe that's correct. Okay, it's a yes. All right, so I think I've got all those ducks in a row. We've got quite a bit going on, so that's that's real exciting. God is always saving the best for right now, what, what's right in front of us. And today is Youth Sunday. And guys, we have the most incredible youth group on the planet, and we have the most incredible youth pastors, do we not? James and Dana Jansen. And... Um, we are so grateful for the laborers who uh, serve alongside uh, our youth department and our kids ministry. Um, I have had the privilege of serving. I served in kids ministry for a decade and I served as the youth pastor for six years. And I understand the commitment that it takes and the work that it takes to really sow into the next generation. Uh, and I did something this week. I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to do something this Sunday uh, as we get into the uh, school year, because as I've talked with James and met with him, uh, uh, the youth group is in need of people to step up and serve. Yes. And, uh, and so I asked the pastoral staff this past week to be in prayer because I believed that the Lord is going to raise up at least three families to step into youth leadership this Sunday uh, for the year. And so I'm going to ask for your hearts to be open, to hear from the Holy Spirit. Uh, our next generation need mature individuals yeah. who love the Lord and can love on some, some teens. That's, 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 that's what's needed. And we, we need some help. We need some help. Now, 
You might think, hey, I I can't stand in front of a bunch of teens and preach. That's not necessarily what you're being asked to do. In fact, uh, being a youth pastor for six years, one of the the biggest helps for me is having somebody come alongside who's administratively gifted. If anybody in the room's administratively gifted, to have somebody come in and and put the meetings together and help get things set up. And those, I know that would serve James and Dana really, really well. Uh, But maybe you like to go and splash in water and throw... Now, if you were with me, you would shave an eyebrow and, you know, you would do, but they're, they're a little tamer now, you know, but, yeah. uh, but maybe you would like to hang out with the teens and, and build relationships. Uh, guys, pray about being involved with our youth group. We need some help getting into this next, um, this next school year. And I wanted to uh, begin to, to sow that seed uh, as the pastor of this house that we really need some help in our youth group. Okay. I'm going to turn it over to our youth pastor, Pastor James, to tell everybody what's been on his heart. All right. Youth Sunday. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Hey, I just want everybody to recognize, uh, if you would, uh, turn your attention over to this corner. They're all wearing some shirts. I I, I tell you what, stand up, guys. Go ahead and stand up. Youth over here in this area. Guys, we have a big bunch of beautiful youth over here. These kids are incredible. They serve God. They love him with all their hearts. You can be seated now. I just want everybody to see you. <laughs> and, uh, and yes, Pastor Kevin is right. We do need help. We've got a lot of areas that cover that. Media team, um, if, if you're just wanting to pray for the youth, that is an option as well, okay? Parents, we want to partner with you, okay? So we are meeting on Thursday nights from 6 to 7.30 for the junior high and then from 7 to 8.30 for the senior high on Thursday nights, okay, up in the youth room. Now, as the year goes on, things might change, but I'll communicate that and we'll be good to go. Uh, We worship together, we serve together, we love on people and are big in this community. So if you wanna be a part of a group and, and you know that the Lord's calling you, please reach out to me afterwards. We're gonna be handing out some um, papers as you leave today. And so get those, read them. We're hosting a little meeting where we can share our heart more on a deeper level and we'll find, you know, you'll see how we can uh, join together to do this. Okay? Sound good? All right. So I want to talk to you just for a second about some of the cool things that God's been doing in our group. We've been doing a, a study on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been going through the um, gifts of the Holy Spirit this year. Uh, it's been about a 12-month journey, but the Lord has taken us to some incredible heights in him, and he's given us some confidence that we haven't had in the past and filled us with a boldness to go out and preach his name to a dying generation. And let's be serious. Let's just be honest for a second. The world out there is, it's hurt. It's broken. That's not saying that we're not hurt and broken in here, but guys, we are unified together as the body of believers. And when we come together as one, we speak with a big voice, right? So that this this next generation doesn't have to go through all the things that we went through, right? They'll have a foundation of who God is and who they are in him, right? But Before I tell you too much, I think I've gotten a little too far into it. Let's go ahead and watch the video that we put together as a camp recap. Uh, We took 41 teens and 10 leaders to Gulf Shores, Alabama to go and preach the gospel. Let's take a look at that. All right, all right. So now now I think maybe... Five couples, I think you guys want to be a part of this, don't you? More than three. There's definitely more than three out there. You guys saw how much fun they had, right? All right. And uh, for right now, we have Miss Jimena Lindsay to tell about what God did. Good morning, everybody. Like he said, my name is Jimena Lindsay. Buenos dias, me llamo Jimena Lindsay for the Spanish speakers in the house. Um, I just wanted to clarify one point, and that is... I am not Kim Walker. 
our former children's director. She is so precious and wonderful. And there have been quite a few people, especially some of the newer ones, who have mistaken us for one another. But I will say, if you've been one of those people, please don't feel bad about it because I take that as a huge compliment. So um, just wanted to make that clear before I got started. So we have uh, just gotten back from camp. Well, it's been about a month now. And it was such a joy and a blessing to be able to be there with the kids during camp. And you will hear more about camp in just a little bit. But I felt like camp was kind of the culmination of some of the exciting things that we've been doing all year in the youth group. And one of my favorite things as one of the volunteers with Springhouse Youth has been to be able to impart the word of God to the young people. And let me tell you, they are a great group. You guys really are. I so appreciate how you pay attention and you sit and you listen. You're not fidgeting. You, they, let me tell you, it's, it's such a blessing to be able to teach a group like that who are so willing to receive which brings me to my next point, and that is, I was looking up just some research, and I found myself on the Barna Group page. And George Barna and his staff do a lot of statistical analysis of what's going on in the church and in the body of Christ. And in particular, they reported that young people today, especially here in the United States, say that 66% of them do not feel loved by the people closest to them. And that was kind of a shocking statistic to me um, because I know that there are a lot of people who do love kids. And so it just brought to mind that, you know what? There is something or somebody lying to the kids in our, in our next generation that they're believing a lie that they are not loved. And who better than the lover of their souls to let them know how truly loved they are. It reminds me of John 10, 10, where Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So that's good news. And in keeping with that good news, another statistic that I saw was that an even higher percentage, 77% of U.S. teens said that they were open to hearing more about Jesus. So they know, they, they have that hunger for wanting to know Jesus, the true lover of their souls. So that was exciting to me to know about that. Now, like I said, you're going to hear more about camp, but there is one little tidbit I want to share with you. And this is a scrap of paper. If you can see it, there's a name and a phone number jotted down on it. The name is Kayla, and I won't tell you the phone number. But uh, Kayla was such a blessing to us during camp because we found ourselves in a bit of a predicament. And Kayla was one of the people God sent to come to our rescue. And it was just amazing to me how God brought together the body of Christ in that moment and seeing how he ordered the times and the people and the locations so that none of us would feel unprotected by him. He was so faithful and so good to us in that moment, and he always is. So in keeping with that idea that there was somebody who was sent to meet those needs for us that day, I believe that our church as a body is meant to be here, to pour into one another's lives and to be able to edify each other, speak into one another's lives, and most of all, lift up the name of Jesus and his word so that we can all encourage one another. Um, one of the things that I really love about this year is our Sunday morning Bible study with youth group. And um, like I said, they pay such great attention, but I did want to give a shout out to Kurt Bryson because he was the one who found the curriculum and we were able to take turns teaching. And let me tell you, when you teach, and a lot of you who are teachers know this, 
you learn so much more when you teach. So I have learned a lot this year, and it has gotten me so excited about the Word of God. Um, Some of the things that we've talked about have been um, how we got the Bible and how to read it in context, and also to know that the Bible is the authority and should be for every single Christian on the planet. So we have been able to stress the importance of the Bible this year. And in so doing, I want to share a couple of scriptures with you. And I'm going to begin with the youth because, hey, it's Youth Sunday, right? So this is one that our Sunday school kids have heard a few times because it's one that really built me up as a kid. So I'm going to share it with you. This is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. And it says, let no one despise you for your youth. And there are other translations that say, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But there's a but here, set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So that's for the young people. Some of us are, you know, relatively young too. Um, But I did want to also give a scripture to the rest of our congregation because Each generation pours into one another's lives, and I feel so passionately about that. So young people, like this just said, you can set an example for the older believers, and older believers, you guys set an example for the youth group as well. And this right here, Colossians 3.16, I just want to leave you with this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then the next verse, which is my personal life verse, and whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. Thank you, Jimena. Guys, if you didn't know, Jimena has a gift of teaching, and she also helps to lead the youth worship band Uh, alongside Chelsea, Chelsea Smith. She has been serving faithfully in the youth group for um, a long time. I'm going to let her tell you how long. And uh, she also heads up and serves in the worship team. She also is the assistant youth director, and she's been helping with a lot of the flow and communication. Incredible, invaluable. And uh, yes, give it, give it up for Chelsea. Um, I want to let you know, if you're wondering where Dana is, she is uh, on a family reunion. She, um, she left on Thursday, and I got to go pick her up from the airport tonight, but you will be hearing from her, okay? Chelsea, go ahead and take it Good away. Good morning, Springhouse. Like Pastor James said, my name is Chelsea Smith, and I've been serving in the youth since 2018. I always say minus a year because I was on the mission field for a year. Um, so I've definitely witnessed the Lord do a lot of incredible things in the lives of the teens who have gone in and out of our youth group over the years. Um, so this morning, I just wanted to share a couple of things from my perspective that I've seen. Uh, like Pastor James said, I help with the worship team for the youth alongside him and Lindsay. And um, it has been such a blessing being in that position. And I didn't realize how big of a blessing that it has been until a couple weeks ago at camp, just being able to stand back in the setting of worship and seeing them pray over each other. And I found one of the teens came and knew some stress that was going on from all the things happening at once that she came up to me and asked if she could pray over me and just watching them learn that this is not the only aspect of worship. We've been talking a lot about that. And Miss um, Himmina actually gave a message on it a couple weeks before we headed off to camp. And it's just been really special to see the teens take what they learned from that message and apply it to their walks with the Lord and put that into willing, that willingness to learn into action. There's definitely a difference between being willing and putting that into action. You can be willing all day long, but until you do something with it, 
what is it worth? So it's been really sweet to see them do that. And I also have seen, especially over the last couple of weeks, we've started to, you know, prepare for this next school year, which we're so excited to see you guys Thursday. Are you excited? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Let's try that one more time. Are you excited? <laughs> There we go. Um, But it's just been really sweet having side conversations with the teens and seeing what the Lord's been doing. Just because we're not having service on Thursdays, um, we've still been meeting up and watching them learn that worship is not just singing and that it's fellowshipping with each other. It's praying with each other. And the Lord definitely used a few pillars of this house. Pastor Wayne Berry was somewhere in here. I don't know where he is. And um, Claudia Peterson have invested a lot of their time and their love into me over the years as a child. And it's just definitely birthed a heart for worship. And my heart now is to pass that to them and teach um, that it's not just about this and that the heart of worship is stripping everything away. So um, also another thing, I just want to say thank you to the parents of the teens in this room. Um, I shared this in first service and I'm not a parent. However, I am aware of how chaotic our world is right now, especially for teens, how scary it can be as a parent to send your kid into a group of other teens that you may not know. And, you know, influence is a big deal right now. And I just cannot thank you guys enough for entrusting us with your children. That's such an honor and such a privilege. And we don't take that for granted. So I just wanted to say thank you to all the moms and dads out there. And now we have a word from Miss Dana. She's now on a screen. Ta-da. Hey everyone, I wish I could be there with y'all today. Um, I'm headed to Texas to see some family. So I just wanted to tell y'all how much I love you and James loves you. And we're just so thankful for all of y'all support and y'all, um, all of your prayers. And y'all have always just been there for us and rooting us on with all these kids in the youth group and just just so you know, it just means the world to us. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Um, I just want to share. Um, a story about how God had taken care of everything and just had been leading the way throughout the entire camp. One of the biggest um, moments was when we were having some bus issues. Finally, when Christy and I, you know, realized, hey, we should probably pull over within seconds. It probably wasn't even 15, 20 seconds. I look over and there's one police car and then another one and then another one. They were right there and we unloaded all the kids and, um, as we got all the kids up on this big embankment, we're, we're up there talking and all of a sudden I'm speaking to the police officers about what we need to do. And this lady pulls up because we're right in front of a neighborhood and she says, Hey, here's my address, my phone number. If y'all need anything or bathrooms or whatever, y'all are welcome to come down there. And we're like, okay. I mean, we have 50 people here, but thank you so much. Like God just brought her out of nowhere. And then within probably five minutes, all of a sudden, this gator pulls up with these two men in it, and they're from the volunteer fire department. And they pull up with a big um, they, container of water, ice water and cups, and they're just handing them out to all the kids so we weren't getting thirsty on this hot day. And um, I'm standing over there trying to deal with the police officers and stuff. And um, they said, okay, so what's your plan and where are y'all going? And I said, well don't really have a plan at the moment. We're trying to figure this out. We're supposed to be going about an hour away to Gulf Shores. And he was like, okay. And, and you're from a church. And I was like, yes, sir. And he said, okay, let me make a few phone calls. And I'm like, all right. And as he's saying this, I turn around and all the kids are standing up at the top of this embankment with several of the youth leaders and they're all holding hands and they're just praying. It still brings me to tears because it was incredible just seeing their faith and them just in these moments, just praising God and just praying. And immediately the officer comes back and he says, hey, don't worry about it. I sent off a couple of officers and they're going to get three city buses and they're bringing them back and taking y'all to Gulf Shores. And I was like, really? Like We're far away. And he's like, yes, ma'am. No charge at all. Like, thank you so much. And he said, Okay, well, what about a tow truck? Do you have any plans for that? And I was like, Uh, no. Um, <laughs> well, and he goes, You know what? Let me make a few phone calls. And I was like, Okay, thank you. And he comes right back and he says, Hey, got a guy that'll come and tow the, the vehicle for you. And I was like, Are you serious? 
So I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus. And then all of a sudden, here comes these city buses pulling up and they load all of our kids on there and all of the luggage and stuff. And I'm on the bus and the tow truck driver calls and he says, hey, so where am I supposed to take this vehicle? And I told him where I was thinking we were taking it. And he said, yeah, I don't think they take like buses. And I'm going, okay, so we got to look around and everywhere around there, you couldn't get in there and get anything done until Monday. And that's when we're coming back. And I'm like, okay. And he said, you know what? Let me make a few phone calls. You know, that was a common theme around everything. And I said, okay, thank you. And he calls right back again and says, hey, um, I found a guy that'll do it right now and um, he'll have it taken care of. And we're just like, Oh my goodness. And God just took care of everything. And I called the, the mechanic and I said, Hey, you know, like, what do we need to do? And he just said, honey, you, you go have fun with those kids and I'll take care of it. And I'll let you know when it's done. This God had a hand in every single thing and letting those kids see it, letting them know that he God just took care of all of it and know that he had his hand over all of us and his arms wrapped around us. It's incredible. The whole theme was to not be ashamed of the gospel and seeing them out on those beaches. And they're walking up to people asking if they have prayer requests and handing them Bible verse bracelets and just praying for people. I kept telling people over and over, I'm so glad I had sunglasses on because I was ugly crying behind it, just going, oh my gosh. And all these kids are the ones that were saying that they were just embarrassed to say much because they didn't know how people would respond. And it was just truly incredible. Like, I I truly feel like God changed hearts during this trip. And thank you for all of y'all's support. I love you all. And I can't wait to see you again soon. I miss her so much, (laughs) but she'll be back tonight, so I'll be good again. (laughs) Do you guys know God answers phone calls? Did you know that? (laughs) Everything that we were in need of, every step of the way, he was there to take care of us, just like a good, good father does, right? But it didn't start there, and that's not the end of the story. Okay, um, God really took us, he started taking us on a journey uh, in, in around July of last year. As a matter of fact, I think it was July 7th. I was on a family vacation and I was sitting on the beach and Gulf Shores. And, uh, and everybody know family vacations, right? Lots of families. There's four families that went with us, my wife, her sisters, and uh, my father-in-law. So everybody's kind of got a role that they play on family vacations, right? I'm an early riser. I get up around 5.45, 6 o'clock. Uh, so my job, my role that I took on, no one asked me to, I just kind of did it, um, is to get all of the beach toys and the chairs, the umbrellas, everything that we needed for that day set up on the beach. We claimed our spot early, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? But that meant, you know, maybe I didn't have to do any of the cooking or the cleaning or any of that stuff. Cause you know, everybody's got a role that they play, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I love the morning time. That's where I really go to the Lord in my, in my, you know, small group or my small, my, uh, devotional time. There we go. But anyway, as I'm sitting, after I've finished setting up the beach, um, I'm sitting there on the chair and I'm exhausted, I'm thirsty. Um, uh, I I see a a group of teens coming up to me and they're carrying trash bags, big black trash bags. And I'm like, okay, this could get a little bit interesting. Let's just see what happens. So they they start to approach me and, and I hear from a distance, one of them calls, hey, are you thirsty? And then I looked over and I was like, uh, yeah, uh uh-huh. So they come over, they bring me an ice cold bottle of water, right? I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. They said, by the way, do you have any trash? Do you have any trash that we can pick up? So we're here, we got all these trash bags. I was like, you know what? Sure, I got plenty of trash here, take it. And, uh, and then they said, and this, this one caught me off guard. They said, hey, do you know Jesus? <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, yeah, I know Jesus, but tell me, tell me about him. Tell me more. 
And so they went on for the next five minutes bouncing off one another about how good Jesus is and about what he's done for us. And then they passed me out this bracelet. I've been wearing it um, just about every day for the last 12 months, but it has a simple gospel message on it. You can't see the backside because that's, that's the front side, but the backside says he came, he died, he arose, he ascended, and he's coming back again. Simple gospel message, right? It struck a chord in me, guys. It, it, it lit me up on fire with a passion to share the gospel in a simple way like this, um, like never before. So over the next couple of months, as we got back, I started planning, preparing for the new youth year. And, uh, and the Lord took us on a journey. He took us into the life of Jesus, what he's done, the miracles, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, and how we're filled with the Spirit. And we can walk out and do the things that uh, the body of Christ needs. The hands and feet of Jesus need encouragement, right? It's a dangerous place out there, but there is hope, right? He is a light. And when we say yes, and we're willing to carry his light in the darkness, chains break, parts change, lives are transformed. This is the power of the gospel. The gospel means the good news. Romans 1.16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. I don't want you to miss this here because there's a very important part in there. The gospel is the power of God and in it brings salvation. Now, you can't really have 16 without 17. So I want to read to you the second part of this verse. Because it says, for in the righteousness of God, or for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So the power of God that brings salvation produces a faith in us. When we hear about and we read about the story of Jesus and what he's done, it strengthens our faith. And then... When we're believing for God to move and he shows up like he did on the way to Gulf Shores, it's real. And we cannot deny it. And that was the cool part about what God did right in front of these teens. They were able to see him move, see him manifest his glory on earth just as it is in heaven, right? By using other people to to help us out, right? To give us what we need in that time. Being unashamed of the gospel is about living an authentic life. It's about uh, being a, a follower who's dedicated to Jesus and dedicated to sharing his hope, his love, his message of salvation that's found in his word. The apostle Paul demonstrated this well in 2 Timothy verse uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, he says, He has saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. See, this is Paul's second letter uh, to Timothy, his friend, and he's in jail at this time. He's encouraging Timothy, who's not in jail, by the way, to continue and be faithful and remain true to this gospel, even though he is suffering some persecution. So as he's in jail, he encourages his friend to share the gospel. Isn't that crazy? Right? But that's what the gospel does. It gives us a power to share the message of salvation. The gospel is great because it is the message of salvation. We should never be afraid to share it. We should never try to hide it or be timid about it, right? Because the Lord will use your faith 
and help somebody in need. And then the next time, you're not going to be so, mm, I guess, scared or hesitant. He's going to increase the faith in you, just like verse 17 says, right? To go out and share it again and again and again. The more you do it, guess what? The more glory he gets, right? The more people's hearts are changed, right? The more work he does in you, what? And it's all for him. Amen? He saved us. He saved us from what? God has saved us from sin. He saved us from the world, right? He saved us from a lot of our bad choices. What about death? He saved us from death. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this, and in this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. All have sinned. Therefore, all need to be saved, right? Including me, including you, including everybody out there, right? The gospel is the message of salvation. The gospel is great because it calls us to holy living. It calls us to holiness, to strive for holiness. Paul said we were called with a holy calling. Sometimes with the gospel, we only focus on, you know, what we've been saved from. Those things that used to grip us, but now God saved us, saved us from it. And that's great, right? But that's not the end. What did he save us to? Right? He saved us to a life that's full, that's more full than we even know. And it's available now. We don't have to wait. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. First Thessalonians 4, 7. What does a holy life look like? I know it's hard to see it nowadays, but we don't have to look very far. The life of Jesus. Jesus lived a holy life, right? All we have to do is open our Bibles and read about him. Read about what he did. Holiness is living an upright and virtuous life, overflowing with righteous deeds. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2.10. See, he already prepared us for it. In the beginning, he prepared us for it. It's up to us to answer the call and to walk in it. The gospel is great because it demonstrates God's grace over our lives. All other religions say do. Man is saved by his good works, giving, going to church, serving the poor, blah, blah, blah. Right? No. No. Christianity says done. Right? Our belief in Jesus and what he's done, his finished work on the cross is done not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our savior, Christ Jesus. The gospel says done for God. So loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the message of salvation. The fact that we can't do anything to earn our salvation is incredible. It's, it's reiterated by the fact that he chose us before the beginning of time, that his grace was handed out to us before creation, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. Ephesians 1, 4. Gospel is so great. It's great because it was revealed through the person of Jesus. The son of God came to earth, right? Remember what we talked about? He came to earth. He died on the cross, right? Why did he die on the cross? For our sins, to take it away from us. He rose again, but that's not the end. He's coming back. The gospel is a historical reality. This is real. There's more evidence 
about Christ's life on earth than there is about a lot of historical figures throughout history. Julius Caesar even doesn't even have as much evidence as Jesus does, right? It is not a myth. The gospel is great because it tells us about the destruction of death. Jesus destroyed the power that's behind death. Other, other versions say broke or abolished. Well, the, the word for this literally means, the word in Hebrew literally means to render inoperative. That means it doesn't work anymore. There's no action behind it. In 1 Corinthians, death has lost its sting. In Philippians, it is called gain. Paul teaches in 2 Corinthians, it's putting off of our temporary tent and taking on an eternal home, not built by human hands. What a great gospel it is. Christ Jesus destroyed death. The gospel is great because it is the message of life and life everlasting. Jesus taught about abundant life. He taught about having an abundant life here now. And then also about an eternal life in heaven. John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. He has brought life. We are all blind. At one point in our lives, we were all blind, right? Then somehow light came into the picture. Now we see this is how it is as a unbeliever who gets introduced to the gospel. Light enters the picture in the person of Jesus Christ. And now they see. From there, it's our responsibility to what to do with it, right? We can choose to hide it or we can choose to run with it and go tell everybody we know. But that light has the power. Jesus Christ has the power to give you the confidence to go. Thank you, Jesus. My prayer is that we would be carriers of his light, that we wouldn't take it for granted, but that we would be filled with the boldness to engage people in this dark generation, to Go after the righteousness of God to not be held by the, uh, the distractions and the sin that plague us. Sin is a part of life. It happens, right? But it's after it happens, what do we choose to do about it? Are we going to continue to live in it? Are we going to let the power of the gospel change us and lay it down so that our kids don't have to deal with it and the generation after them don't have to deal with it? I love these teens so much. All of your kids are incredible. And I know that the Lord has given us a heart for a generation who is completely sold out for him, that nothing else matters other than the truth of who he is and then us forming our life in him. They had an incredible time at camp and they've put together a, a, a small video that where they can kind of tell you about some of the incredible things that God's done. So let's turn our attentions to the screen and let's, let's look at what these teens put together for us. It felt good to be able to go out and just be able to spread the word. And us circling and praying for them. It was very... It was a great experience, but at the same time, it made me feel a little bad and a little good because there's some people who didn't really know God and they kind of rejected you a little bit, but there's some people who did and the people who did, they're just so thankful. And we're so thankful that we got to share the experience with them. People smile when we gave them the bracelet. It made me very just, I don't know, 
very full of joy. Honestly, it went so much better than I thought it would. I thought people were all going to be so negative and like just disregarding us and saying, oh no, I don't want that. Like, why? Like, I thought they were just going to be so mean. But honestly, everyone was so nice. Even the people who were just like, oh no, thank you. Like, they tried to be as nice as possible. Everyone was so nice. No one was happy and glad because there was a lot of people who were like, we're so proud of you for sharing the gospel songs. I didn't like expect that many people to be that close to the Lord and just to hear them have like prayer requests and praying with us was amazing. It was very cool going to people who had no idea there was a God out there. It was super exciting and like knowing that a lot of people like accepted the fact that we got to go up to them and talk yeah. about this. We'd love to do it again. This camp has made me feel like I can be myself around people. Like, um, they've made me feel like I'm at home with even not being at home. Uh, the people here are really great and they're really loving. I mean, it's like a home away from home. <laughs> yeah. With all of basically people I've grown up with and like basically family here. Yeah. Worship together, we talk together. We actually never really felt alone. One thing is, it's a lot of fun. You do a bunch of different challenges. You swim in the pool, you get to have a lot of free time. You get to see things that you don't see every day, especially God moving in ways that you never imagined. At the beginning of this camp, I was not as close to the Lord as I am today. Um, I would say that it does um, bring you closer to God and closer to other people. Because at first, um, before I came, I wasn't that close to everybody or God. Uh, if you want to work on getting out more and being more outgoing, this is definitely for you. And you should definitely come next year because it was a lot of fun. We've played so many games, but we've also had so much time for the Lord. It's been so fun. And I've learned so much about the Lord all while having fun. This camp was really inspiring and it brought a lot of things to my heart. We got to share the gospel and it was a really invigorating experience bringing us all together and we got to help people. One thing I take home is always be open to share the gospel with other people. You should know who you are. You shouldn't be ashamed. And whenever I go home, I know who I am now. I'm a child of God, and I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. I'm not right now. And if somebody asks me about it, I'm not going to be ashamed, and I'm going to tell them straight up and show them kindness and be as kind We're as I can. all brothers and sisters spiritually, and we love each other, and we care about each other. To devote time and um, try to learn more about God and just basically help out people that you think God is leading you to, to help out. You do not need to be ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the right way to Christ. You never, ever have to be alone because God is always there and we're anointed by Him. If you need anything, just pray to God about it. Because as soon as we prayed to God about the bus, we had three buses and some guys coming down the road with a cooler full of water and cups. It was just amazing. And never seen anything like that before. It is such a privilege for us to be able to share the gospel the good news the very best way to share the good news is without words it's how we treat others how we serve if you are a part of the youth group would you guys stand up and come over here I want you to span the uh, width of the sta stage here Next week, we're going to be talking about firm foundation. Jesus tells us to build our life 
on the rock. And we're gonna be talking about that next week. And guys, I'm gonna have you uh, come up here and turn this way. You can face me actually. Face me, face me. Okay, come on up here. Yeah. Next week, we're gonna be talking about building a life on the rock. And you guys are about to go to school. It's happening this week or next week, uh, the next week. And, um, and you guys are gonna have the opportunity to present the good news of Christ through your actions and to be a light in perhaps dark places, dark situations as you're growing and maturing. And all of your parents and us, we know that you, it's not easy. It's not easy. And uh, guess what? Your parents don't have it together. They are messed up. Okay. Can I just say that to you? They are messed up and they need the exact Jesus, the same Jesus that each one of you need. And we need his power. Yeah, we need his power. I would like, if you are a parent of a teen, I'd like you to come and stand with your teen. I know we have parents that are serving in the kids ministry. So if you're connected to a teen, would you come? If you're an elder or a pastor or a leader in the church, would you come? I wanna make sure every teen has someone to agree with them, to pray with them, to cover them uh, as they walk into the school year. So would you all come? We're not gonna start until everyone has a teen, or I'm sorry, every teen is covered by someone. And would the rest of you please stand? We're gonna worship together here for the next few moments, but I'm gonna ask you guys down here to pray over our teens. And if the Lord gives you a word of encouragement specifically for your teen and parents, guess what? You can and should be speaking into your teen's life. So if the Lord gives you a word specifically for your teen, give that word to them of encouragement and let's pray over our uh, teens at Springhouse. And you guys, as you worship, you just begin to sow prayers into this next generation uh, that the Lord truly would be a firm foundation in their lives. Let's worship.